Hi. Hello. And welcome. We're your hosts. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat. You found the two PFFs you didn't know you needed, but you're glad you have. Congratulations. You have found your people. Enjoy the ride as we navigate what it's like to live live out loud. Hi. Welcome back. Welcome back. To part two of purity culture. Purity culture. I feel like there should be a sound, you know. <gasps> okay. All I can think of <laughs> is aliens. One brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So if you listen to last episode, you know that we were talking about um, the purity culture that really took off in the 90s and early 2000s where girls were really taught to be pure and protect their flower at all costs, that their virginity was a gift to be given to their husband on their wedding nights. Um, And so if you were, you know, in that episode, you heard that part, obviously. Um, But also uh, teaching the girls to dress modestly and that it was their fault if boys were tempted and um, don't date, just wait, you know. Yeah, all those things. And then Alex shared a a story with us that I just want to thank you for your bravery of sharing because Mm. I mean, that's, that's an intense part of your story. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And one that most people can't say that they've been through. (laughs) I'm Um, glad they haven't. Right. Um, But we want to kind of uh, round out this topic uh, with a few things. And one being there are things that need to be addressed in church culture. Yes. One is obviously around the fear and shame we place on things. Mm-hmm. And for intents and purposes of this conversation around purity. Right. Purity in and of itself is not a bad thing. No. Right. But the shame and the, and the ridicule and the fear that's been placed around it. Um, is is not great correct um and i often have felt like purity culture centered so much on the female right that it was like you have to stay pure and holy you have to be this for your husband when you're married you know we talked about marital coercion a little bit in the last episode too of that you have to be everything that he wants you to be Mm -hmm. you have no knowledge or experience but you have to be everything he wants you to be um once you enter this marriage relationship with him it's like flipping a light switch my husband and i used to talk about that once we got married is that he felt that way too from the guy's side is that it was no 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 yes Right. And flipping a light switch and that now it was okay. And and he dealt with, I won't tell his story, but he dealt with shame um, after we were married because it was like, he felt like he was doing something wrong because Mm -hmm. for so long he was not allowed to think about it, talk about it, you know, whatever. Um, And so I don't want to take away from the male perspective because I think there's some damage that purity culture did for the the boys too Um, and maybe we'll have a guest on uh, you know talk about it a little bit further from a different perspective Um, but purity culture um, in my mind really was smoke and mirrors for other things that need to be addressed and those things being uh, inappropriate relationships within the church uh, sexual harassment, um, molestation, mm-hmm. pornography, 
Um, lots of things that are, are being dealt with, I would say were, but still are, uh, being dealt with amongst men, um, in, in Christian circles. Yeah. And I do want to say that there's not, not every church is unsafe. Yeah. They're, they're like, for instance, the, the church that my husband pastors, we have, we have rules and policies and, and practices in place to keep children safe, um, to keep female staff safe, to keep, to keep volunteers safe. Like we have, we have guidelines and procedure and, and accountability, mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of churches need, but I would be remiss if I didn't say that, especially in recent years, we've seen a lot come out from big name churches about misuse of power and sexual harassment Mm -hmm. and um, just, just all these things that, that no one wants to talk about. Yeah. But I would say that for all the harm that purity culture did and has done, and maybe even is still doing. Yeah. That behind the scenes of that also were predators in the church who were doing their own harm to young people and other other adults and whatnot and i feel like we as a as a as a church culture mm-hmm. have to turn the focus and say you need to deal with your stuff <laughs> this stops here yeah porn is addictive and dangerous not only to the whole church and to you personally but to your relationships Right. Read mm-hmm. the research. It's 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 not it's not something that's healthy. Right. And there's all kinds of research about it. Oh, yeah. Um, But that we don't condone things like misuse of, of power, sexual harassment, um, molestation, inappropriate relationships with minors. Um, you blaming uh, that teenage girl walking down the hallway for the reason that your mouth is open and you're just watching her walk like that's mm-hmm. inappropriate behavior. And we don't put up with that. And that is the kind of thing that the church needs to start calling out. And I think in many ways we have um, started doing that. But if not purity culture, then what? I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it, for me, having dealt with it so late in life, as far as late in life, (laughs) air quotes, I'm 27, like... (laughs) overcoming the negative i knew purity culture was like intense and it was something i joked about in college and even in high school um as it was kind of dissolving as is intense as it was in the 90s um but i'm still like reeling Mm -hmm. i mean my i was only married three and a half years ago so it wasn't a it was, I was learning a lot of new things in that moment and I don't know what I would have learned differently mm-hmm. or done differently. Right. Um, I think now looking back, if, if purity culture, then what my answer to that right now would be, let's have a safe place for women Mm -hmm. to have conversations about what they wear and you know modesty in a way that's not oh 
you need to dress a certain way Mm -hmm. so that the male gaze isn't a problem Mm -hmm. but oh we dress a certain way as a i don't know the word i'm looking for is like because of how we want to represent ourselves in the world right i wanted to say respect but that felt like it's preaching the same message Mm -hmm. but because i heard you dress modestly to respect yourself and like my, I, I can respect myself no matter how bare naked like, right. that please right. make that make sense. But I think it now it's having a vulnerable, I think a lot purity culture, if we boil everything down that we've talked about so far and there's a lot of things we haven't addressed yet. If we were to boil it down, it would be not being able to have honest and vulnerable conversations because the word sex is uncomfortable. Right. And it shouldn't be. And it shouldn't be. And I think now we're turning a curve. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would love for you to talk about, you know, raising boys and raising a girl and how you discuss those conversations. Mm -hmm. But I think if, if we don't have period culture, then what? Well, I'll get there is just, having the conversation right because there there is a place there there is scripture right if you are or someone who who believes in scripture and and, and has you know faith and um that's the point of view that alex and I are coming from and in, in, right. in these episodes then you know that there is scripture about the marriage bed and mm-hmm. keeping it pure and undefiled right um and a lot of a lot of christian uh belief is that uh sex being safe for marriage is the intention and design right um i want to put another disclaimer in here though that if you are someone who did not wait for marriage um there is in no way any judgment or shame that we want to be coming uh from this podcast that is not the intention not at all at all um it's just not who we are it's not what our thoughts are we're just speaking from experience of of what we grew up in and how we want the next generation to uh, come up in a different way. And also what healing conversations can happen around it and what educational conversations can happen around it. Right. I, the last thing I would ever want is for any of our listeners who have to feel like they're not included in this conversation. Right. Because if anything, they probably bring more value to this conversation. Um, and yeah, education is going to be a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want anyone to have any sort of shame. Not at all. Like, I don't want my children, if I end up having them, to see sex as a shameful thing. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't you know, be. Um, we have... I just hit my microphone for those of you who can't see me. <laughs> um, we have scriptural references for uh, sex being uh, designed by God, being a beautiful, wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember it being taught that way to me. And that was part of purity culture. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, I remember it being briefly mentioned that sex was beautiful and to be enjoyed during marriage, but the overarching thing was the fear and the, the, the shame and, and the dirty um, and, and that was the forefront. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll speak to kind of how we do things with our kids. Yeah. Um, three of my children are too young for much of these conversations. Um, but I have a teenager and so 
when we were talking as a preteen about different things um, as it pertains to sex um, and our faith, um, you know, one of the things that was very clear uh, to our son was um, we believe that it is in your best interest. And we believe that it is uh, the best design and intention um, from God for you to wait for sex until you're married. However, it is your choice. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I had that power as a, as a teenager. No. Um, I mean, I guess I I knew that I had the choice, but I was so scared to make a choice, uh, the wrong choice. Right. I remember the first time you told me this, I'm going to interrupt you, but, um, it like, I sat in my car afterwards with my husband and I was like in tears because if I could have only known that, how much pain would that have saved me? Mm-hmm. Not that my choices would have maybe been any different. Right. But knowing that I wasn't going to hell, knowing mm-hmm. that God wasn't going to smite me right then right. and there. Yes. Knowing that I wouldn't be looked at by leadership if they were to find out that I wasn't the best Christian of the group. Mm-hmm. And I want to also, mom, if you're listening, none of this was on you. Mm-hmm. Um, if I would have known what you told Eli, mm-hmm. I think it would have changed a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just a matter of, I never want him. It's kind of like, I told him this recently. Mm-hmm. I never want him to be in a situation where, he gets in trouble and his thought is I've got to fix this. So my mom doesn't find out. I want him to think, Oh gosh, I need to fix this. Let me call my mom. Yeah. And I want him to have the same relationship with Jesus. Mm. Not, Oh gosh, I screwed up and I'm not perfect. And so I can't, I can't go to God with my concern. I want him to go, Oh, I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. Let me go talk to God because I have faith that he still loves me and he knows what's best for me. And we should have that conversation. Yeah. And so, you know, he knows what, what our belief is, but he also knows that we, we love him and that God loves him. And that if he makes a decision that's different than us, we're not going to stop loving him and neither is God. Yeah, that's huge. We've also had the conversations of sex is a beautiful, wonderful thing. It's also a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you're old enough to deal with any consequences that might come from it. Yeah. Right. And I have said that to him. Okay. <laughs> there's this movie. You probably haven't seen it. Okay. Maybe you have. It's called Raising Helen. I don't think so. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's got Kate Hudson in it. Oh, I love Kate Hudson. She's fabulous. She's I a, gotta look. She's a young Kate Hudson. And um, her sister dies. And her sister has three kids. And the three kids come to live with her. Well, they have this other sister who's like mom of the year. And she doesn't understand why the kids go to live with Helen instead of coming to live with her. Gotcha. Well, one night, uh, the mom of all moms, she's like very pregnant, like nine months pregnant. And they have to go chase down the teenager niece. 
who has it's prom night and she's in a hotel room with terrible boyfriend and you know set the stage and she's telling helen who's the other aunt she's like you've got to just go in there and break (laughs) down the door and get her out of there and helen's like can't do it can't do it can't do it so so pregnant mom bust open the door and uh and he she's like get in the car and the boyfriend's like we're not ready to go yet and she pokes out her belly and she's like, are you ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> it is the best scene. I love that so much. And we have talked about that because, yes, there is birth control. And we have mm-hmm. talked about different kinds of birth control. And if he chooses to make the decision yep. to engage in sex, he knows what all those different options are and that he's responsible for himself. That He's not responsible for like, he doesn't put that responsibility off on the other person, right. all the things. Right. But are you ready to become a parent? Because those aren't foolproof right. and I'm not raising your kid. So are you ready to become a parent? For if real. the answer to that is no, you probably shouldn't engage in an activity that makes a baby. Just saying. Just saying. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't want cake, you probably shouldn't bake one. You know? And so I want him to understand that for for actions, there are consequences. Right. Right? Um, I also want him to understand that he needs to protect himself against sexually transmitted diseases. That was never talked to me about um, in in the whole purity culture realm, I think my mom might have brought it up once or twice, but it was never like a big topic of conversation about protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's so big. Yeah. And again, I, I just, I love TV. I love quoting TV and movies. It's just who I am. There's this show, you know, you haven't watched it. There's this show, older show called designing women. Do you know about designing women? It's okay. It's fabulous. It's fine. <laughs> and, and in the episode, I mean, it's big time, late 80s, early 90s. I mean, this was crazy on TV, right? Okay. In the show, there is this uh, homosexual guy, right? And he gets AIDS. And I mean, this is in like the thick of like the AIDS pandemic, right? Right. Or epidemic, not pandemic, epidemic, right? They don't, they're not sure what's exactly causing it. They're not sure how it spreads, you know, all of that, right? And he's dying. And he comes to the design firm, Designing Women, Mm -hmm. because he wants them to design and plan his funeral for him. Hmm. And in the same episode, one of the women is a mom and she's having to go to PTO about whether or not they're going to pass out um, condoms for the children. Gotcha. PTO being like? The parent teacher, like, you know, the thing at school. Oh, like a PTA. Yeah. It's called PTA back home. Yes, that. And she's there and, and there, you know, one, one mom is making the argument, you know, we can't do this because it promotes sex mm-hmm. among minors. And the design mom goes, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. Right. I don't think they should have to die for it. Mm. And that was so powerful for me because it was like, we all make choices every single day. Yeah. Choices that could kill us. Right. Mm -hmm. Make choices every day. And these kids, they're not old enough really to be making some of these decisions that they they feel like they're old enough to make. Right. Right. But we all as teenagers thought that we could do just about anything. Oh, yeah. We're superheroes. And my stance on it is I want him to know the facts. I want him to know if he makes choices, what the consequences are, how he can protect himself and protect his partner. 
right? I think that's important. It's so important. And that puts like, and, and I don't think in any way are we saying like this needs to be talked about in the church. No. But I think a lot of times the church gave an excuse to not have those conversations and even more so in school, like even in sex ed in school, it, abstinence was the right the way of life, but they didn't give it. But if you're not going to have the whole conversation, right, don't, then don't have, have the it. conversation. A hundred percent. And purity culture, we were having the conversation quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Saving ourselves for marriage, dressing modestly, all these. I mean, we were having those conversations. We were having all the fear-based conversations. Mm-hmm. Either have them or don't have them, Right. The other thing that we talk about with the teenage boy is consent. Good. Consent, consent, consent. And he knows. He'll tell you right now. You can ask him. You'd be like, if it's not yes, it's what? No. If it's not yes, Mm. it's no. Not if she didn't say no. Not. No, no, no. If it's not yes, it's no. It's good. Because men have to take responsibility for how men act. Period. Period. And women have to take responsibility for how women act. Period. I am raising a daughter. Mm -hmm. I unfortunately have to raise her to know how to keep herself safe. Right. I have to raise her to you know, dress how she wants to represent herself in the world. Mm-hmm. I do believe in, in, in modesty when you dial it back. Right. right. Um, people have different levels of modesty. She wears two piece bathing suits. Right. 100% for that. If I had the body to wear one, I probably would too. Okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, mm-hmm. but we're going to talk about appropriateness. Don't wear that to school. Right. Or to church on Sunday morning. Right. There's a time and a place for a baby. There's a time and a place. (laughs) Right. Right. There's a time and a place, you know, for jeans with rips in them. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe not when you go to a funeral. Right. There's appropriateness. Right. Right. And so we'll have those conversations. But the one thing I want to raise the generation that's coming up after us is I want them to know, if not purity culture, then what is open and honest conversation? Here's what scripture says. Nowhere in that scripture does it say God's going to hate you. Mm. Nowhere in that scripture does it say he's going to turn his back on you. Nowhere in that scripture does it say that if you make a bad choice or a wrong choice or you miss the mark, that you're no longer in relationship with Jesus. Right. Nowhere in there does it say your whole life is ruined and you can, you can never be good. No, nowhere. (laughs) And that all these other pieces, my boys are responsible for how they act and treat women. Mm -hmm. And my girls are responsible for how they act and treat boys. Right. It's a two way street. And then what we won't condone is, um, not getting consent. Mm-hmm. What we won't condone is mistreating another person. What we won't condone is is blaming our actions on what somebody else was wearing, thinking, whatever. Right. And I think that that for me is what I would like to see take the place of purity culture. 
And that, yeah, purity is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I am for one thankful that I don't have other experiences outside of the one with my husband. Right. But I wish that I had learned a lot more about the topic before we were married that didn't have a lot of shame and fear around it mm-hmm. because it took me, it took us about 10 years, about 10 years. Wow. To unravel all of that. It's a long time. It's a long time. It's a really long time. And that's not something that anyone or I would want anyone to deal with. And thankfully I got married at a time where talking about it was okay. And we hashed it all out right then and there. Mm -hmm. Was it easy? Was it like next day easy peasy? No. Mm -mm. But I don't want the next generation to grow up not talking about it right because not talking about it isn't healthy Mm -mm. isn't good for anybody Mm -mm. and doesn't promote any sort of confidence going into any sort of committed relationship whether you choose or choose not to have sex in that relationship yeah exactly i um I just want to leave our listeners with this. I know that this has been a very um, niche topic, so to speak. <laughs> if you didn't grow up in it, you're probably like, what are they talking about? Right. Now, now you'll understand all of your conservative friends, what they were going through. Yes. Um, but if you're, if you're someone listening that went through it, mm-hmm. <laughs> we relate. We got you. And we love you. And we hope that you are healing and 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 doing well after the fact Mm -hmm. if you are someone who taught this stuff we forgive you Mm -hmm. and we hope that you will change how you spread the message you really actually want to spread yeah because i believe at the heart of it you're trying to help promote purity and help promote a uh, healthy marriage and and all those things but the way we do things matters. Yeah. The, the the how is just as important as the why. If you are in a church where you don't feel like you're safe or your kids are safe or whatnot, I hope that you will um you'll have the hard conversations so that either you can create a safe place or you can go to a place that is safe. Um But I I mostly hope that we can all learn to lead our lives in such a way that, as my husband says every week, that people would know who we are by the way we love one another, Mm. not by what our differences are or by what fear we're putting on something or what hate we carry, because Mm. the one thing there's not room for in the church there's not supposed to be is room for hate. And so I just hope that people will know who we are by the way we love. And part of loving is having hard conversations and making sure that we're teaching kids how to be safe and grow up well and Mm -hmm. all of that. But know that no matter where you fall on any part of this topic or any other, that you're definitely not too much. Not too much. You're not too little. Not too little. You're just enough. Just enough. 